Shalom to all. Today's office is Baba Kamadav Pechas, and we are starting about the fourth line with a quote from the Mishnah, and today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars, Miriam, Sarabas, Yaakov, Moshe, her Nishama should have an Oliyah, and Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Chamil, Mardachai, Ben Chaim, his Nishama should have an Oliyah. Now, this Gemara goes on the next part of the Mishnah where Rabbi Huda said that an Eved doesn't have Baishas. So the Gemara asks, My time, Rabbi Huda, what's Rabbi Huda's reasoning? And the answer is, I'm a crow, because the Pasuk says, When men are fighting together, one man with his brother. And what do we learn from here? This is only in regards to someone who is considered a brother. An Evid doesn't have brotherhood with Yedin, so therefore he's excluded from the Baisha's payment. Now, Rabbanan, they would answer that Achvu Mitzvah, he is considered your brother in regards to Mitzvah. We know that an Evid Kanani is Chayv in Mitzvah like a woman, so in a way he is considered a brother. If we have Adim that gave testimony, then Evid killed somebody, and then they turn out to be Evid Zayman, they shouldn't be killed, which we know that they are. Because the Pasuk says, And according to Rabbi then Evid is not considered a brother, so they shouldn't be killed. So Amarava, Amarav Sheshes, Amarakra, the Pasuk says, You shall remove evil from your midst. And this teaches us, Whenever there's evil in your midst, such as Adim Zayman, we have to remove that evil, even though they're testifying about an Eved who's not considered a brother. The Gemara is asking, El Me'atol, Rabbanon, what about according to Rabbanon, Eved Yeikashal Malchus, an Eved should be allowed to be a king because a king has to be from your brother and an Eved's considered a brother. So they said, According to you, You should have the same question in regards to a Ger, and this would be a question according to everybody, even according to Behuda. A Ger is technically considered your brother, and he should be allowed to be a king, but we know that he's not allowed to be. El, rather, what would the answer be according to both of them? Amakra, the Pasuk says, in regards to appointing a king, he should be from among your brothers. And what does that tell us? He has to be from the choicest of your brothers. And since this person, either an Eved or even a Ger, is not because he doesn't have pure Jewish genealogy, he can't become a king. And that's the answer for both of them. The Gemara is asking, what about according to the Rabbanon? An Eved should be kosher for Eidos. Because the Pasuk says, and so we see that we have the word achiv in regards to Eidos, and according to Rabbanon, in evidence considered achiv. So Amr Ula, Ula says, Eidos is Amrit. You can't say this by Eidos. Why is it because Asi Eidos Kavachar Meisha? We learn Eidos by an Eved by way of a Kavachar from a woman. Uma Isha, she really loved the Kahal. Just like a woman, she's able to marry into the Kahal. A good regular Jewish woman could marry a good regular Jewish man. Sula Eidos, she's possible for Eidos. Eved, she ain't a real love of a Kahal. An Eved who's not allowed to marry into the Kahal because he's an Eved Kanani, ain't a dinch possible Eidos. Shouldn't we say for sure that he's possible for Eidos? Ask the Gemara, that's not a good a woman's not fit for Mila. Talking about Eved, true royal Mila. Are we going to say the same by an Eved who is fit for Mila? We know that an Eved Kanani does get a bris Mila, so maybe he is allowed to be an aid. However, the Gemara says, Katan a katan will prove otherwise. She has not Mila. A regular Jewish katan does have a bris Mila, upasal Eidos, and he's not allowed to give Eidos, and the same should apply to an Eved. Ask the Gemara, Mala katan, she ain't a A katan's not having mitzvahs. Talking about Eved, are you going to say the same by an Eved? She will be mitzvahs, he is involved in mitzvahs. As we just said before, an Eved is having mitzvahs like a woman, so maybe he should be allowed to give Eidos because he also has a bris mila. So Gemara says, Isha techech, and he shall prove otherwise. She has no mitzvahs, she's also chayav in mitzvahs, upsul eidos, and she's pulse afraid of us. V'chazer adin, and this goes in circles. Loi rizek rizek, v'loi rizek rizek, this one's not like that one, and that one's not like this one. However, at Tanah Shavashabahen, the common denominator between them is, shekein in b'chal mitzvahs, they're not chayav in all mitzvahs, upsul nahed, and they're pulse to give eidos, afani aviyas ha'eved, so too I'll bring in eved, shekein in b'chal mitzvahs, he's not chayav in all mitzvahs, upsul nahed, and he's pulse to give eidos as well. However, the market is asking, what about this common denominator, shekein in Ish. Both of these people, meaning a woman and a katan, are not considered an ish. Tarim ba Eved, are you going to say the same applies to an Eved? Shuhu ish. He is an ish, so maybe he is allowed to be an aid. So like Mar says, I'll taste him a learn from Gazlan, that he's an ish and he's puzzle aid us. Like Mar responds, Mala Gazlan, she can't mice of Garmuloi. A Gazlan, his mice of stealing caused him not to be allowed to give aid us. Tarim ba Eved, are you going to say the same by an Eved? Shane mice of Garmuloi. His mice didn't cause his status on him, so perhaps he is allowed to be an aid. Like Mar concludes, you're right, El Tasim Gazlan, Umechad Mehanach, we'll learn from Gazlan and from one of these other two, meaning from Isha or Katan. And the evidence is not allowed to be an 
aid. And now we have another suggestion. How we know that an Eved is Pasal Eidos. My brave Ravina Amar, he says, Amar Kra, the Pasuk tells us, Lo Yomsu Aves Albanim. Now, literally, the Pasuk is understood to mean that fathers are not going to die because of the testimony of their sons. However, now we're going to understand this slightly differently. Lo Yomsu Alpi Aves She'ein Lahem Chayas Banim. That other people cannot be killed based off of the testimony of fathers that don't have a halachic genealogical relationship with their sons. And that's referring to an Eved, because even if an Eved has a son, halachically, they're not considered father and son. And therefore, we see that an Eved can't be an aid. And how do we know this is the proper Joshua? If you want to think like we said, meaning like our original understanding of the Pasuk, that a father is not going to die based off of the Eidus of his son, the Pasuk should have just written, a father is not going to die based off of their son. My Banim, what's with this general term, Banim? That tells us that a regular person is not going to die based off the testimony of a father who doesn't have a halachic genealogical relationship with his son. And again, that's referring to an Eved. Asking El Miata, what about the continuation of the Pasuk? That sons won't die because of fathers. We should say as well, that a person is not going to die based on the testimony of a son who doesn't have a halachic genealogical relationship with his father. And that would mean that a ger should be puzzled for Eidos because a ger doesn't have a halachic relationship with his father. His father is a guy and he became a ger, which means he's a yid. And that means a ger should not be allowed to give Eidos. But we know that a ger is allowed to give Eidos. So they said, is that really so? I mean, it's not a good limud. Ger, we understand that a ger doesn't have a halachic relationship going upwards to his father. Down below, he does have a relationship. Meaning if a ger, after he becomes a yid, gets married, so his son is considered his son. Rather, the Pasuk is lafuke eved, coming to exclude an eved, he doesn't have any halachic relationships, not up above to his father or down below to his children. And if you really want to say that the Pasuk is telling us that a ger is possible for eidos, so the Pasuk really should say that fathers are not going to die based off of their sons, like we said, that they're not going to die based off of the Eidos of their sons. And furthermore, the Pasuk should then write that sons will not die because of their fathers. We would be able to learn two things from here. First of all, we would be able to learn that sons are not going to die based off the testimony of their father. And the other thing we would learn is that other people are not going to die based off the testimony of sons that don't have a relationship with their father. And that's all the Pasuk would have to tell us. And we'd be able to learn Eved based off a Kavachimer from Ger. Umager, just like by a Ger, that only going up to his father, he has no halachic relationship, but below he does have a halachic relationship with his son, still Pasul Eidos, he's not allowed to give Eidos. And Eved doesn't have any halachic relationships, not going up to his father or going down to his son, shouldn't we say for sure that he's Pasul Eidos? But remember, the Pasuk didn't say this. Since the Pasuk says, and not now the Pasuk said this, it implies that a person is not going to die based off the testimony of a father that doesn't have a halachic relationship with his son. We know we learn from here, Eved, that only by an Eved, that he doesn't have a halachic relationship above or below. Who the Pasul Eidos? It's only he who's Pasul Eidos. When we're talking about a Ger, since he does have a halachic relationship below, Kashul Eidos, he is Kashul Eidos. And if you're going to suggest, continues the Gemara, that the Pasuk really should say that sons are not going to die based off the testimony of their father. Why is it the Pasuk uses this general term of and not that technically we can be from there that somebody else is not going to die based off the testimony of a son who doesn't have a halachic relationship with his father. And again, that would imply that a ger is not allowed to give testimony. That's not a valid question because I had the cuss of 
Rabbanim, since the Pasuk already wrote, Loim Sula Avas Rabbanim, Kasav Nami, Ubanim Loim Sula Avas, that's why the Pasuk, in order to remain consistent, says Ubanim Loim Sula Avas. But we cannot make an inference from the second part of the Pasuk that really it should have said, Avay Sehem. So that's our other limud that an Eved is Pasal Eidos. I think Mark continues quoting the Mishnah, Cherashet of Akatim, Piyasan Ra, and now we have a story. Imad Rav Shmuel Bar Abba Magronia, the mother of Rav Shmuel Bar Abba from Magronia, Havas Nasibo Leila of Abba. She was married to Rav Abba. Now, this is not the same Rav Abba who was the father of Rav Shmuel. She was originally married to someone named Rav Abba, and she had Rav Shmuel from him, and then she married a different Rav Abba who was her second husband, and that's what we're referring to over here. And what did she do? Except Tinol and Nixler of Shmuel Bar Abba, bro. She wrote over all of her Nechassim to Rav Shmuel Bar Abba, her son, because she wanted her son to inherit her after she dies and not her husband, Rav Abba. Now, Basra Shechiva, after she died, Pechas on Bezan Tab, also Rav Shmuel Bar Abba, come into Rav Yerim Bar Abba, Rav Shmuel Bar Abba went to Rav Yerim Bar Abba, Okum and Benechsei, and Rav Yerim Bar Abba, Paskin and these Nechassim are his, and the Rav Shmuel Bar Abba can keep them. However, Azra Abba, this Rav Abba, who's a stepfather of Rav Shmuel Bar Abba, he went, Amr al Milsa Kamed Rav Shaya, he told this Psak of Rav Yerim Bar Abba to Rav Shaya, and Azra Rav Shaya, Amr Kamed Rav Yehuda, Rav Shaya went and told Rav Yehuda, and Amr Lev Yehuda told him, Hachi Amr Shmuel, this is what Shmuel said. A woman who sells her nechsem ulug while her husband's alive, umesa, and then she dies, the husband can take those away from the lukuchas. And over here, that's what Shmuel Barabba's mother did. She took her nechsem ulug, which are hers, and her husband only has rights to the pay rice, and she sold them, meaning she gave them to her son. And now that she died before her husband, her husband could take them away from the lukuchas, meaning from his stepson, Shmuel Barabba. Now, Amrua Kamid Ravir Barabba, they said his psak of Rabbi Huda to Ravir Barabba, and Amrua Louis told them, I know a Mishnah. Deny, and the Mishnah says, if a person writes over his nechassim to his son, meaning his son is going to acquire them after he dies, the son is not allowed to sell them because they're in the Rosh of the father currently. The father is not allowed to sell them because they're already written over to the son. Now, let's say the father did sell them, they're sold until he dies, and then they go to the son, and if the son sold them, the lekech doesn't have rights to them until the father dies. Now, what do we learn from here? Clearly, we see from this Brisa that when the father does die, the Lekach has rights to these properties. And that's Mashmav Avakav de Mesa ben Bechai Av, even though the son died in the lifetime of his father. In this situation, the property never actually physically came to the son because all the father did was write over these properties to the son to go to him after he dies. But the son died before the father. And still, we see that once the father dies, even though the son was long dead, the Lekuchais, who had bought these properties from the son, are now allowed to take them. And the same thing would apply to the mother of Rashmul Bar Abba. She should be allowed to give these Nechassim over to her son, even though she died first. Now we pause for a second and just explain this price in better detail. How do we know that the Lekach of these properties from the son is allowed to take them, even though the son had died before the father? This is Lakish, this is just like Rish Lakish, the Amar who says, It doesn't make a difference if the son died while the father was still alive. That these properties never physically came to the son. It doesn't make a difference if the father died when the son was still alive. These properties did come to the son. Still, in both cases, Kano Lekach. The Lekach is Kaina. The Itmar was stated, if the son sold these properties while the father was still alive, and then the son died while the father was still alive, Rabbi Yechon Rabbi Yechon says, In this situation, Lekach is not kind of them. Whereas Shlakish Amr Shlakish says, Lekach is kind of them. And Rabbi Yechon Amr Lekach, Rabbi Yechon says, Lekach wasn't kind of them. Amr Lekach, he would explain to you, What's the Brass referring to when it says, That when the son sells them, Lekach is not kind of them until the father dies, and when the father dies, Lekach does get them. That's only referring to if the son did not die in the lifespan of the father, because that means that the property physically came to the son, and now the son is able to give them over to the Lekeach. But if the son did die in the lifetime of the father, they never physically came to the son. When the father dies, so they don't go to the 
that having rights to the pay rice is like Kenyan Aguf. And how do we see this? Again, because when the father wrote over his Nechassim to his son, he intends to give the title of the property over to his son, but he's retaining the rights to the fruit. Even though the son sold what he has, which is the title to the property, it's not considered a valid sale. When he sold it, he didn't sell what was his. Even though he had a star saying the property itself belongs to him, it doesn't officially belong to him until he has the rights to everything, the guf of the property and the pay rice. And Rabbi Yechon holds that Kenyan pears is Kenyan guf. And since the father retained the rights to the pay rice, that means he has the rights to the guf of the property as well. Rish Lakish says that Lakach was kind of the properties, and Kikitani Masiso, when the Braiser says, that when the son sells them, the Lakach doesn't get them until the father dies, and then applies, that when the father dies, the Lakach does get the property. According to Rish Lakish, it doesn't make a difference if the son did not die in the lifespan of the father. In that scenario, the properties did physically go to the son. It doesn't make a difference if the son died in the lifetime of the father. The properties didn't physically come to the son. In both scenarios, the Lakech is kainit after the father dies. We see the Rishalkish hold, Kenyan pairs love Kikin and Govdami. Then when a person retains the rights to the pay rice, that's the father who retains the rights to the pairs of his property, that's not like a Kenyan Aguf. And therefore, Chikazavin, when the son sold the properties, Dide Kazavin, he was rightfully selling his own properties. And continue to explain Rabbi Yimra Abba's response to Rabbi Huda and Vanan in regards to us. Hashta, Ben Rabbi Yimra Abba, Uben Rabbi Huda, both Rabbi Yimra Abba and Rabbi Huda, Kribshem Melakish Svirlahu, they hold like Rish Lakish, because this is one of the three situations where we pass like Rish Lakish and not like Rabbi Yechanan, which means that we hold Kenyan Paris is Lavke Kenyan Guf. Become Rabbi Yimra Abba, and what Rabbi Yimra Abba was saying is that Isak Adatach Kenyan Paris Kikinian Aguf Dami, if you want to say that rights to the Paris is like rights to the property itself, so Kimayas Av, once the father dies, Umayas Ben Bechayo Av, and the son had already died in the lifetime of the father. Am I Isleilakach? Why would Lakach get these properties, as Rishlakish says he does? Kikazavin Hai Lavdi Dekazavin. When the son sold them, they weren't his. El Lav Shmamina, it must be that we learn from here, Kenyan pears love Kikinian Aguf Dami. That Kenyan pears is not like Kenyan Aguf. And again, plugging this back into our situation of the mother of Shmober Abba, even though her husband, Rav Abba, has rights to the pay rice, that doesn't mean that he has rights to the guf of the property, and therefore the mother is allowed to give her property over to Rav Shmuel Abba, which he's going to acquire after his mother dies. And the story continues, Adrula came to Rav Yehuda. They told Rav Yerim Abba's response back to Rav Yehuda. So Amalui told them, Achim Rav Shmuel, this is what Shmuel says, this is not like our Mishnah. Meaning the case of the mother of Shmuel Abba is not like the case of the Mishnah of the father writing over his nechassim to his son. Now ask the Gemara, my time, why is that? So Rav Yisra, Rav Yisra attempts to say, it would be good if the Mishnah taught the opposite. That if the son wrote over his nechassim to his father, then you can learn from there. The Kenyan pears love Kikino Guf Dami. The Kenyan pears is not like Kenyan Guf. But now that you taught in the Mishnah, that a person wrote his nechassim to his son, the reason why the son is allowed to sell them even when the father's alive and the sale is valid even though the son died before the father, that's Mishum to Roy Yarshahu because the son is set to inherit his father anyway. Meaning, since the son would inherit his father anyway, even if the nechassim weren't written over to him, so there's no real reason for the father to officially write them over to his son while he's alive. It must be that the father did so in order to allow the son to sell them while he, the father, is still alive. And that's why the son's sale in the Mishnah is valid. Here, if Shmuel Abba wouldn't have yarshened his mother, Rav Abba would have yarshened her because he's her husband, so the two aren't comparable. However, Amalei Abai, Abai told her of Yosef, Atu bra yars Abba, Abba lo yars bra, does a son inherit his father and a father not inherit the son? If a son dies without children, his father inherits him as well. So why would the Mishnah be any different if the son wrote the 
Ben Chasim over to the father? There wouldn't be any different implication. El rather, why would the son write his Nechasim over to his father? El The only reason why he's doing so is to get these Nechasim away from his son. For example, we have Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. If Yitzchak writes over his Nechasim to his father Avram, it must be that he's doing so because he doesn't want his son Yaakov to inherit him. Hachanami, so to over here, we could say, that the reason why the father wrote his Nechasim over to one of his sons is to get these Nechasim away from the other brothers. And therefore, there's no indication that the father is giving his son the right to sell the property while he's still alive. And when the mission said that the buyer is cutting the property even when the son died before the father, it must be because Kenyan Paris is not Kikinian Aguf. So back to our question, what did Shmuel mean when he said that the Mishnah is not similar to our case of the woman selling and giving away her Nechzim Alug? And that's what Umar says, What did Shmuel mean when he said that this is not comparable to the case of our Mishnah? It must be Mishum Takanas Usha. Because of Takanas Usha, what is Takanas Usha? Dumber Mesibachanina, but Usha Eskinu, and Usha they were Matakin, and Usha was one of the places where the Sanhedrin were. How Isha Shamachim Nechzim Alug Bechai Baila, if a wife sells her Nechzim Alug when her husband is still alive, Umesa and she dies, Habal Maitimiyat the husband is allowed to take them away from the Kuchais, and that's because we're afraid of Ava, of some sort of animosity developing between a husband and his wife. One of the benefits of a man getting married is that he gets to Yarshin his wife's Nechse Malug. But if a wife's allowed to sell her Nechse Malug while the husband's still alive, and that's a valid sale, and the husband wouldn't be allowed to take them from the Kuchais, that might create hard feelings, and might even in part prevent men from getting married. And that's why the case of the Mishnah of the father and son is different than a case of a wife's Nechse Malug. Now, Amar Vidiravan or Idiravan says, We actually learned the Bryce, so just like this, Bryce that tells us, we have Adam that came along and said, We give Adam about this man that he divorced his wife and he gave her a ksuba. However, she's under him and she's serving him, and we clearly see that they're still married. And this would mean that if he dies, she would not get her ksuba because, according to these Adam, she already received it. And then they turn out to be Zayamin. We don't say that they have to pay her her entire ksuba, which would usually be the case of Adam Zayamin. And the reason why is because they're not trying to get her to lose her entire ksuba because it's very possible that she would have died before the husband anyway, in which case she wouldn't receive anything. Therefore, the only thing they're really trying to make her lose out on is a Tevis Hanav which is what the Gemara says, El Tevis the only thing they have to pay is a Tevis Hanav And Ezu Tevis what is a Tevis Hanav The Oymden would make an evaluation, how much a person would be willing to pay for her Ksuba, that if she gets widowed or divorced, instead of her receiving her Ksuba, the fellow who bought it, he gets to receive it. However, if she dies, Yershana Baila, her husband's going to inherit her, and the one who bought it is going to lose out on his money. And this Tevis Hanav is a very little amount of money because he's taking a big risk. She might die first, and then he's going to lose out. Now, what's the riot that this Bryce is clearly discussing Takanus Usha? If you want to say this Bryce is not discussing Takanus Usha, why would her husband inherit her? She'd be allowed to completely sell her Ksuba because there's no Takanus Usha that's preventing her from selling properties. So it must be that we're dealing with Takanus Usha here. However, Amr Abayabai says that's not a riot because they said this by Nixem Maluk. Did they say it by Nixem Tzarim Bayerzel? And what's Abayah's response? So Nixem Maluk are her properties, which the husband has rights to the payrise, as we explained previously, whereas Nixem Tzarim Bayerzel are properties that she brings into the marriage that automatically become his from the beginning. In essence, Abayah's answer is that the Kanus Usha is on the Nixem Maluk, and the attempted Mashmais from the Brisa is in regards to Nixem Tzarim Bayerzel and not Nixem Maluk. So there's no right from this Brisa regarding the Kanus Usha. We're going to stop here for the day and pick up tomorrow and continue to talk about Tevis Hana. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.